0: Hey, it is L.A. Lloyd. Welcome to The Rock 30. Very excited to have Neil Middleton back from Royal Bliss. Uh, Third time co-hosting. Last time we were together... Was at a convention in Vegas back in 2020, just before that little lockdown started kicking in. So, uh, man, pleasure to see you again. It's been a while.
1: Yeah, it's good to see you too, man. You know, it was a little bit more fun in Vegas, but you know, you, you still you look good. You look good. I like that background.
0: Yeah, man, it's amazing what you can do with virtual stuff here. If you could really see the real background, you'd be going like, "Damn, dude, that's a boring ass room." Not not nothing like yours with all the guitars hanging
1: <laughs> in the back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you probably figured out all that stuff during 2020, right? I mean, that's what all. us figured out like how to do cool green screen and and uh, all these like we learned so much during that time about stuff that we should have learned a long time ago but now everybody's got cool backgrounds and, and live video streams and everything else. It's pretty funny.
0: Well, I'll tell you one thing. I, I definitely enjoy doing them in person, but uh, one good thing that did come out of the pandemic is zoom. I, I have to tell you, cause yep. it has made my life a lot easier and it's easier to get videos, you know, instead of just having a phoner or, or something like that. So I, that, I guess that's the one blessing I, I got personally from COVID, you know, so. Yeah.
1: And it make, makes everybody a lot more accessible. They just go to their living room or whatever, or their office and, play right <laughs> you're there it's pretty cool
0: and a lot of times I find out you know when when artists are in their home or their studio or whatever they're a little more relaxed it's not like they're getting pulled from every direction when you're out on tour so I, I just kind of find out conversationally it's uh, a lot more natural and and even a little more organic and grassroots if you will
1: it's awesome I'm not even wearing pants right now it makes it really easy <laughs>
0: Well, as I mentioned, man, three years, a lot to reflect. Uh, You know, I mean, seriously, we were right at the very end of February 2020. Um, I came home and kind of had this weird-ass cough that I've never had. I didn't have the fever or anything, but I definitely feel like I had some form of the earliest things of covid before that was even a word in our vocabulary i mean obviously we did have to go into lockdown it hurt bands tremendously and everyone in the industry so you know reflecting uh, once you did finally start getting back to work how long did it kind of take you guys to ramp up and and really feel like you were back in your natural groove again
1: i don't even know that we're still back in our natural groove it changed everything you know it's like one one of the biggest things was you know like Sure. We got 156 shows canceled and, you know, it was that tease of it's only going to be two weeks and then it's going to be two months. And then we just kept postponing and postponing. And then it's like, we're going to be home for the whole year. And it ended up being really, really nice because we've been on tour for like 22 years, you know, like that's been our life since we were teenagers. And, you know, I got two kids and a wife. And so it was one of those things where it put a lot of things in perspective for me and a lot of the other band members was man we've been we've been missing out on a lot of our our family you know and being home like having a routine like taking a shower every day you know so it's one of those things where whenever we went back out it's different for us because we have to make sure that every show everywhere we go it's worth being away from our family and before you know there was times when we were just out for months at a time just like well we got to go to this market we got to try this market. And now we're being very careful about doing that because, because really at the end of the day, I mean, you miss out on times and moments with your family that you can't get back. And, and that really, you know, drove things home for me personally where it's like, all right, we got to, we got to do this a little bit smarter and, you know, for our family's sake, too. Now my kids actually miss me when I'm gone. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, before it was just life. And then they have a whole year and a half with dad at home most of the time. It's just like, wow, you're, you're leaving again? I'm
0: like, I haven't left in two months. Well, I mean, I, I, I guess you got to just take, a, you know, I, I'm a person who always tries to find the, you know, the half glass is full instead of empty, if you will. And, and like you said, man, it almost makes you rethink. Uh, when you are going out on tour, I mean, does this make as much sense? Do we really need to do this tour, or would I rather have that quality time with my family? So again, nobody wants a pandemic. I mean, it it just ruined a lot of people's lives, and people had to change oh, yeah. careers. But again, man, it sounds like you and and me are kind of on the same page as far as trying to find something uh, positive about a negative situation.
1: Yeah, you have to, man. And You know, we wrote an amazing record during that time. It's actually coming out, and a couple months and you know it was an inspirational time for writing music because you have it was taken away from us the thing that we love that's our true passion like what how you know our meaning for life really you know like what we feel like we're on this planet to do and that's playing music writing songs and performing and so we channeled that into being in the studio and creating again and and um you know it's just I, and There's a lot of bands, you know, I mean, there's so much music that, that's come out during, you know, over the past year or so of a lot of those songs, and it's some great music that's coming out. So you gotta, you gotta just find those positive things and, and, and run with it, you know, like, cr- creativity wise, it was kind of dark for some people, right. because, you know, like, like me, I write and perform because I need to. Like, it's my therapy. Like, getting on stage and venting and getting music out into the world. It's been hard holding on to these songs for two years. Like, we just released one. It's called uh, "Full Moon Rising." So, mm, okay, that's 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 a tough song. It's about me losing my mom um, from cancer, which she just died a few weeks ago. And and uh, I wrote the song during 2020 because she's been fighting it for four and a half years. It's wow. a little off subject, but fighting the fighting cancer for four and a half years without occupied my brain. And that made COVID even harder because here she is immune, um, susceptible, uh, you know, her immune system was weak and I couldn't go see her as much as I wanted to, especially like getting back on the road and I'm on planes and I'm playing in front of all these crowds. Right. It's just like, she was scared, you know? So it was like, and I don't blame her. I'm like, I'd have to go see her with a mask or whatever. And and it was really, really difficult. What a horrible time to have cancer and to be the child of someone who has cancer. But you know. In, in the songs that we wrote during that time frame, there's a lot of that pain that comes out in the music.
0: Well, I'm sorry to hear that about your mom, man. And, uh, you know, if anyone has kind of read a little bit about the band, just trying to discover, you know, who you guys are. Obviously, you can go to your bio page and everything. Uh, there is one line in, in your bio that stood out to me. And uh, I, I guess this probably even goes back, you know, to, to some of the down things that happened to you pre-COVID, but the the line is the band's biggest career highlight can be described in one word, and that's surviving. And I I mean, that really just kind of hit me, man, knowing you guys the way I do. So I was wondering if you could elaborate on that a little bit.
1: You know, we're a pretty underground band. You know, we don't have a label. We're independent. We're not a band that uses a lot of the technology that is accessible to you today, like with the backing tracks and and everything else, we're very blue collar when it comes to doing what we do. And we've been through the ringer, you know, we were signed to Capitol Records for a few years, years at like the worst time to be signed to Capitol Records. Right. Um, We've been totally screwed by managers and booking agents and other bands and, and all these things. But, you know, it's the one thing that's allowed us to survive is our love of music and the love of our fans nowadays a band like us is i think few and far between that we all play our instruments there's no backing tracks on stage we write all of our own songs there's no other writers in in the band um sometimes we'll collaborate with other writers and other bands and write songs but we're kind of a a rare breed in that you know we've been around this is our 25 year anniversary which is crazy to think but we've had to learn so much more than just the, the writing of music and performing and everything else. It's like, we've had to learn the accounting and, and had to read co- contracts. And, and I mean, just so many things. I'm a tour bus driver. I'm a booking agent. I'm a business <laughs> manager. You know, it's like all these things that you didn't think you were going to have to learn as, as a kid, you were just like, I'm just going to sing and kick ass and buy my beach house and retire. Right. But it's just not the case. So survival for us is, you know, we love being on that stage more than anything. And the only way that we get to do that is by surviving as a company, surviving as a band. And so you just have to live and adapt and evolve. And we've been doing that every year changes, you know, COVID was one of those blows that, you know, we didn't know if we were going to survive from that because we are a road band, right? All of our money comes from touring. It's not, you know, we don't have huge numbers on Spotify and, and, all socials because we built our fan base from the ground up around the country in the you know small towns and cities in you know the united states for the most part and and that's how we survive and so we had to adapt and learn how to do zoom and and i bought a freaking what it was black magic hdmi switchers so we could do live streams from inside this little studio that i have here and and uh you know that's surviving is just surviving as a band nowadays is not, especially when you're a band like us. And you know, it's you know, you got bands out there that can't do shows without laptops, and and we are we are not one of them.
0: <laughs> well, I I totally hear what you're saying, and and I've embraced technology through my career. I mean, I've been doing radio for forty. 40- 45 years almost and oh, wow. uh, I've been doing it since I was a teenager and you know I always say my motto is I've gone from 45 as in a record to hard drive so that's kind of where <laughs> my career is taken me so if you don't embrace the technology man you get left in the dust so um, I, I totally hear you. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, some of these themed cruises. Uh, last time we were together I think you had just come off the KISS cruise and I see that yeah. um, you guys are going to be doing uh, the Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Rager at which uh, i I had chris on the show about four or five months ago and we were talking about this i mean from everything i see this is kind of like the best of both worlds you love rock you love wrestling this is the one to be on so uh are you looking forward to this have you done one with chris before or what can you tell me about this cruise
1: well first of all i love chris i don't know how that he has to be a robot or from a different planet because that (laughs) is just and on this cruise he's He's wrestling. He's the host of the cruise. He's the front man for two different bands, right? He's running his podcast. He's running his radio show. It's like, I don't know how that guy does it. He's (laughs) I've read his books even and just like, man, this guy is nuts, but awesome, dude. But yeah, this, this cruise, we're, we're looking forward to it just because it is a lot of awesome things. I grew up a fan of wrestling so you know i'm I'm, hacksaw jim duggan's gonna be on there i just (laughs) want to shake that dude's hand and and there's comedy so there's comedians rock and roll and wrestling i'm just like this is going to be like just four days of awesome i i don't know i'm just I'm, i'm really looking forward to this one It's going to be my teenage wet dream all over.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever done any dates with Chris? I mean, because again, like you said, he's such an inspiration and he never stops. And every time we get together, it might be we talk about podcasts or we may talk about wrestling or we may talk about Fozzie. I mean, he's so 360, you know, I mean, what's kind of your history with Chris?
1: Uh, We've done a few tours of Fozzie and and we hit it off. The whole crew, the whole band is awesome. Just great guys. And you, you can tell they love doing it. And that's, you know, how Chris is able to do all the things he does. And you can okay. see the dude has passion for everything that he's a part of. Yeah. And, you know, he gets on that stage and he's, he's like to talk about being a teenager. He turns into a kid up there just bouncing around sing and singing, having fun. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think, you know, us and Fo- the whole Fozzie camp, I mean, from their sound guy all the way down to you know, the bass player, I don't didn't mean to say down to the bass player, so don't get mad at me, um, <laughs> but uh, there, we just got along, we hit it off. It was tough because we did a lot of the touring during the COVID era, mm-hmm. and as we were coming out of COVID, so there's still a lot of like restrictions in place. So, you know, bands had to kind of separate and be in different their own camps. And, and so it wasn't like a typical tour where you just, you're hanging out with each other, but I can tell if we do another tour with them that, we would have a really good time, just, and that's the funnest part about tours. You become family out in the road, and and that's a band that we just definitely became family with.
0: Well, it's good that you are, uh, you know, have history as a wrestling fan because, again, to me, I've always thought that rock and wrestling just really kind of went hand in hand, especially what it evolved to in the last. 25. I mean, I grew up watching it with my granddad when I was a kid and just watching how it's just got, you know, like concerts, really. I mean, it's it's a big show. Uh, wrestlers have their walk-up songs. Uh, you know, have you ever had a wrestler use any of your music? Or, or maybe uh, that would be one on your dream list of somebody who would use a song, and maybe what would it be?
1: It would be awesome. You know, <laughs> and we have a lot of songs that, that I think work perfect with that. But we've had local wrestlers, and on, on the smaller scale, use our songs. And, uh, you know, I mean, like the B original, I've always thought would be, uh, a really good song. Cause it's just this anthemic song right. and, and fight back. And I mean, there's, there's a lot of Royal Bliss songs. Hard and loud is a perfect oh, one perfect. Like, for just a loud rambunctious wrestler to come out. And there's a bunch that I'd, it'd be a dream come true if, if one of the big wrestlers came out with the sparks and the fire <laughs> gone and our song hits and they <laughs> run out into the stage and someone's ass to our music. That'd be great. That'd be
0: awesome. Well, that's what you got to do. A little networking on the cruise, man, because you got a lot of downtime when you're just out there in the middle of nowhere, man. So you, that that's your <laughs> yeah. next assignment, all right? I want to make that happen for you. Done. All right. Well, back in 2020, uh, we played the song Medication, which uh, all, uh, you know you collaborated with Shim on that one. And one thing I love is, as you mentioned, it, it's fun when uh, bands or artists can collaborate together. This is a great track. So tell me about uh, this song and, you know, again getting shim involved with it and and your relationship with him
1: shim came to us through our management at the time um he was out here for sundance film festival i live in utah yeah and uh and they were just like hey shim you know he's a former lead singer of sick puppies i'd met him a long time ago when we played rock on the range um of course he had no idea who the hell i was back then but um and they just said hey would you want to get together and write some music. So I contacted him, just said, hey man, you're in town, come and stay at my house for a few days and never met each other and, and really formally, and uh, let's sit and write some music. And he was all about it. So he came and stayed at my house for a couple of days. We hit it off right off the bat, um, wrote quite a few songs and uh, medication was one that just popped out that we were really excited about. Yeah. And it was cool having him as a feature on that as well, uh, You know, doing the second verse. And we did a couple of shows together with that song. And and uh, I wish he didn't live in Australia because I would love to do more with him. Because <laughs> he is a, talk about a mad scientist genius. Shim is one of those guys that is just multi-talented, can play any instrument and spit out a song in seconds. Right. Um, but the whole collaboration thing, I think rock and roll uh, needs to happen a lot more in rock music. Um, and I think it's really beneficial. We have a collaboration we're doing that's coming out in march with a band called citizen soldier and already like pre-saves and everything else just utilizing each other's fan bases and working together and having it be very transparent it benefits both bands you, know, you see it all the time in country and hip-hop and right things like that and pop music it's like rock and roll hey let's get pull our heads out and be like let's work on something together let's share our fan bases because The fan bases are huge now with, you know, everything, everything online, like, You share with your fans and that's how we're going to be able to survive and continue to move on playing music but i would love to do another one with shim I, i bet that happens
0: yeah for sure well the video is awesome as well and uh the director robin august uh obviously you like their work so tell me about working with them and and you know coming up with the concept or the treatment if you will uh when you did the medication video
1: in the middle of covid robin's an awesome he's one of the just just a genius genius dude that comes up with just ideas out of the top of his head. We've just kind of explained to him what the song means to us. And during COVID, it was, you know, a little bit, a little bit different. You know, it really kind of drove through the music as medication even more so because that medication was taken away from us and from all the listeners, all the fans out there and you know it wasn't available <laughs> and and so that whole song is basically like we're trapped or are going insane in, in an insane asylum because we can't get to our instruments and we finally break free and we're able to go play again <laughs> and that's one thing i noticed with a lot of the fans when we first first started doing our first shows uh, they related to that song so much more i mean our, our first shows back when you know we're playing for 20 percent capacity because all we could do and there's people in tears out there, just like, oh my gosh, I, I missed this so much. It was such a huge part of my life, and so you really realize at that, that moment um, how the video hit home to a lot of people, and the song hit a little bit differently to others um, because music is medicine. Um, you know, like I was saying, like I'd go nuts if I didn't get to play live again, and I saw what that medicine did for people when we got back on stage. It's it's a powerful thing. So the video is just kind of. You know it's all a collaboration and coming up with ideas and spitting back and forth and most of those were really they were in california and we were here and him coming up with the you know concept for lead the way um brian kind of had that one too so brian our bass player built the jetpack and that (laughs) um and then he did the video for black rhino as well okay
0: great, uh, great i didn't know that
1: which i mean it's just one of those things when you have creative people on that side it's just And it's nice to work with people that you just trust, where it's like, "Ah, well, what do you want to do with it? Because we're not a visual band. We can write the songs and tell you what the songs mean to us, and then run with it, and then we collab, and... And he just creates amazing product.
0: Before we came on the air, uh, I had my dates wrong. I thought you guys were going to be doing a UK tour mid to late February. You told me that had been pushed back a little bit. So, um, have you toured in the UK before? And, and what's the fan base like there? Uh, and, and even, you know, spreading out, uh, we actually have a station that runs this in Belgium. So, even for European nice. fans listening, so uh, what, what's kind of like the fan base for you guys over there?
1: Well, we've never been across the oh, pond, as they nice. say. Nice. Um, so, this was. Um, I hope that everything comes together in April. We had something go on with one of the other bands that had to push back the, the February tour, um, so it's like a dream come true for me. You know, it's we we've been wanting to do that for forever. It's like my last thing on the bucket list to kind of check off mm-hmm. as far as what I wanted to do as a musician. Um, but I know we have a big fan base over there. We were selling a bunch of tickets. We had so many people from the UK to start hitting us up, like, yes, you're finally coming. There's even some that were going on the Jericho cruise just to see us. And then the email just like, what the hell? I booked this cruise for thousands of dollars and you're playing 15 minutes from my house. And and, uh, so I I hope everybody says, you know, that we're gonna do really good in the UK and over in in the European markets. Um, We're just gonna make it happen. I hope everything comes through in April and we can announce that to us soon. Otherwise we're just gonna force it ourselves and make it happen hopefully in September or October, but it's gotta happen. Damn it.
0: Damn right. Uh you have you have released um two non what they say non album singles so far, uh, you know, since your last self-titled album. Uh now I have heard you are planning on putting out the full album later this year. Um you know, but you know, a lot of bands it, it's been going on for a while in, in pop, country, especially hip hop. Just, you know, single, 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 maybe an E P, maybe a full length album. But rock we still seem to, you know, still want those full length albums. So is the priority for Royal Bliss as much on the full album as it was, say, five years ago?
1: No. And I think that's changed for a lot of people. But I mean, really, it's one of those things where you can go in and record. And how we've kind of done it, even how we did this record, was we'd go in and record, you know, two or three songs and then go back in another couple months later and record two or three songs. And doing it kind of that way, where I mean, it, people want instant connection to you. So it's like, if you put out your album and only one single with it, they're moving on a month later. And if you don't have anything else coming out for nine months till your next album or a year, it, then people will, your fan base just drops. You can wow. watch the numbers. Yeah. So you just have to stay relevant and continue to put out music. And like this year, we'll release more music than we've ever released in a single year, probably in any five years combined. Um, we're coming out with the album it's our 25 year anniversary so we're going to try to release 25 different songs from the past Mm. um and then we have all these other songs that are just sitting there recorded (laughs) that we've never done anything with um but yeah you have to like we're going to do it this year is we've released five or six singles and then we'll release the album and we'll probably do it that way i i like that kind of pattern as long as you have more songs to release after, right? Um, where you do, you know, every six weeks to two months, do a single, and then release another uh, an album that has five songs that no one's ever heard on on it, and with all the other songs as well, so they can listen to it, you know, like a like a road trip record. That's the way we've always written all our songs. Our records is you have to be able to press play and not skip anything, and like if you're cruising somewhere. So you're not bouncing around playlists that, you know, hey, you get a whole experience with this one record. And we still like doing that.
0: Well, let's talk about the new track, Black Rhino. Um, Been playing it on the Rock 30 uh, for about three weeks now. And the way it's progressing, uh, it's going up the chart really fast. I mean, this could be one of your highest charting singles. So was this one recorded during lockdown or something more recently that you just have found the right timeline to to get it out there for the fans
1: yeah we recorded it during lockdown um it changed a little bit of the lyric concept to it but it was really a band about survival or a song about survival as a rock band like i was describing earlier that's what the song was about and then it kind of gained a new direction i switched up a few of the lyrics to be about survival as a people you know where it's like we're gonna make it through this pandemic You know, all the dooms that people just like, Oh, this is the end of the world. It's like, no, we just got to come together and hear each other out and try to find the common ground so we can survive as a species basically. Yeah. So that's, I, I wrote it up in Oregon where I've recorded all the vocals with Rob Dacre up there in in Portland, it's just that song that, that rock, you know, and had black Rhino kind of came out, uh, just as a lyric. And we just liked the way it sounded yeah. and because it's an endangered species, and sometimes I feel like we are, and I think there's a lot of people out there that feel like we're an endangered species. And if you turn on the news and watch anything, it's just like, oh my gosh, what's happening in this world? Right. Fortunate for us, we're able to travel all over the place and see the good in people. And music is one of those things that brings everybody together from all sides. And I think Royal Bliss is a, a good band at doing that, where you know we have people from all walks of life and, and backgrounds that come to Royal Bliss shows and unite and connect and can have that in common and you know i think that's the that's the key thing for for live music and music in general is bringing people together it's that universal language
0: that kind of leads me into my next question because you know obviously the band has gone through a lot of highs and lows since uh you know you've been together for 25 years right now just looking at you and hearing you talk i mean i, I definitely feel like um There's this kind of recharged vibe, if you will, to you and and what you're telling me about the music that's coming out. You know, but during those down times uh, and you've kind of talked a little bit about COVID, but, you know, going back uh, many years ago when you kind of hit those lows, what kind of kept it going for you and and to keep it positive, uh, you know, so that you you've been doing it for 25 years?
1: Yeah, you definitely plateau, you know, in your career. I don't feel like we've ever really gone back a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had some, we've taken some different roads here and there, Right. but those roads that we've taken, we've, we've learned a lot. And, and that's the, that's the ride, man. I, like the way we've lived has been in a, just an amazing life, an amazing ride. And the people we've met and the experiences, you know, from the food to the cultures of just our country alone um, is is amazing and there's those times when i've been like all right i need to move on and, and do another career and find something else to do but it's it's always either after a really long tour or a hard moment with the band where you know just conflict is being stressful or the business side is just too much to handle and it's like i just can't do this anymore when we get on that stage man and see the crowd and we hear that crowd singing back to us and the people come up and express what our songs mean to them and how maybe one song changed their life. And that's the, that's the recharge. And, and that's like going back to what I was saying about this is, this is what I feel like I'm on this planet to do is, is perform music and write music. And cause I think it makes a difference. I would probably lose my mind if I go into a different field or to do something else. And I don't think I'd be providing any sort of beneficial thing that would help the world or help people in it so that's the thing that comes to you know the forefront whenever i'm getting in those modes and it's usually my wife um my family and uh and then of course you know fans that reach out what they can tell and sense you know friends that are just like you're all right man like just got to get back on that horse and you know i am recharged and it's one of those things where i think this record's the best record we've ever done of course i always feel that way and i think that in many ways we've become the best royal bliss that we've ever been and you know we strive every year to become better musicians become a better singer become a better songwriter performer and we never waver from that so eventually we're gonna we're gonna hit that peak and i think it's coming here pretty soon and and uh i think 2023 could be that year that we really put our foot down and say hey you got to take a look at us and i'm excited so yeah i am i am recharged
0: well that's great to hear man one thing that i just saw right before we came on uh this interview today and i i had to kind of bring this up it's almost funny uh i've had a lot of bands that'll tell me you know they'll drop something in their wikipedia page or someone manages to log in and it has zero truth whatsoever about the band but some guys We'll continue on with the joke. And and one was I was having a conversation with Zach from Shinedown, and somehow it came out that he had been an alpaca farmer uh, before he became a musician. So much that people started to believe he's like, Don't don't tell anybody that's not true. And he said <laughs> he was at a meet and greet and they were like, dude, look outside your bus. It was a fan out there with two alpacas that wanted to get a photo. <laughs> With Zach. So if you look at, the reason I'm telling you this, if you look at Royal Bliss's page, and you know it goes through the band members and former band members, if you look at former band members 97 and 98, it says vocalist David Lee Roth. So I I had to drop that in here today because, first of all, I'm just curious if anyone has seriously ever said, hey man, Tell us about when Diamond Dave was, you know, the vocalist for the band, but I'll let you take it from there.
1: That was just brought to my attention <laughs> recently about that. And we haven't changed it. I think it's hilarious. Like, I do too. I kind of want to go along with it too and be like, you know, in 97 to 98, he was the front man for Royal Bliss, but uh, we had a sing off and he just didn't have the chops, you know. And uh, so, you know, we, we made it, made the decision to pick me and it's right. a good thing. So, but yeah, no, I just, I just, I, Someone brought that up the other day, like, was David Roth really in the (laughs) band? I was just like, no, 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 no. I don't even know how that came up. Like, who even came up with that idea? But thank you, whoever put that on there, because it made me laugh.
0: Yeah, I, I love those things like that. And the funny thing is, for some people, and I've seen some interviews, they will take it, you know, verbatim as the... Honest to God truth, and then the band completely plays it off. And I'm just sitting there cracking up going like this poor guy interviewing, he's just sucking it and just totally taking it hook line and singer, but it's it's good stuff, man.
1: It's only been brought up once and I wasn't quick enough to go along with it. It was, it was like what? And like like <laughs> I hadn't heard it before. So the next person that brings that up in an interview and thinks it's real, I'm gonna run with
0: it. Oh, you got to. You got to, man. I mean and, and who knows, man, somebody might show up with David Lee Roth like they did with the alpacas for Zach there. So it's uh, a yeah, weirder right. things happened. So to close out the show, of course we talked about uh the new song Black Rhino and some of the previous songs. Is, is there one more we can play that uh I, I call it artist pick, if you will, you know, and you can go back as far as you want and song that's, you know, still very high up on your list because it's fun to do live or it was fun to record, or maybe just give me a song and tell me why you chose it.
1: Oh man, that's a tough one. I, I love going back to Paranoid. Okay. You guys play Paranoid? Yes. Yes. Uh Paranoid's uh I, I love singing that song live it's it's just one of those like builds and builds and that last chorus is so big and i always joke uh i always make a joke on stage that it's because i ate a really strong gummy from somebody that uh (laughs) that that didn't tell me what the milligrams were in it and those of you that know what i'm talking about will totally understand that it's probably happened to a lot of you out there listening but uh then you get paranoid but yeah paranoid is one of my favorite songs to still play live and (laughs) So I I always make that joke, but it's kind of got a couple different meanings.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, I've taken a few of those Flintstone vitamins myself, and I I got paranoid as well. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Read the bottle, man. Read the bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Is there any dates in the U.S. that you guys can talk about today, or is that coming uh, on your site soon? Or is there anything you can share with us today as far as stuff back here in the States?
1: Um. I don't know that we've announced everything for the spring yet. We actually just finalized our tour. We're going to be going out in May. Okay. Um, the album is going to come out at the beginning of April. We are playing Counts Vamped in Las Vegas nice. as kind of a pre-release. So we'll have CDs there. Nice. That'll be on uh, March 31st. And then the weekend after we'll be at the Depot in Salt Lake for the actual CD release, Blast. Right. And then, um, And then hopefully we'll be on tour in the UK. That should be announced soon. And then we'll announce our our spring tour. Um, we're doing Bratfest Fest in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh man, that we do every year. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> that I'm sounds like a blast. The lineup that we're playing with that day is Tone Loke and Kid and Play. Oh. And I'm I'm so excited <laughs> about it.
0: All of us. Are- if there's a place to eat brats, it's got to be right there in Wisconsin, man. That's awesome, dude.
1: Nothing says rocks like tone low. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, dude, it's been a pleasure catching up with you, man. And, uh, you know, I'm based here in Austin, and I, I sure hope you guys can uh, route some dates through Texas as well because I'd love to see you and hang out with you for a little bit uh, and-, and see you guys back on stage again.
1: Hell yeah, man. Well, definitely. Do We need to get back to Texas. I miss Texas. I love it there.
0: All right, brother. Well, take care and appreciate you being on the show.
1: Thank you so much, man.